0: The Hops and Stocks podcast is presented by 100 Spoke Media Group. We encourage our listeners to drink responsibly. Please note, we are not financial advisors. We do not offer or provide financial advice.
1: He's a journalist. So, in the basement, I found 400 jet magazines dating back to 1973. So, again, like you go on these properties and you just don't know what you're going to encounter. But for me, like that's just valuable. You know, that I can go in this property and find something, you know, that's you know, that old.
2: So that's uh, four hundred that's four hundred beauty of the weeks that you look through. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, turned right pay pay to page thirty four, didn't you? Was it thirty four or
1: forty three? 43, 43. Forty, 40, 40 three. <laughs>
2: What's up, everyone? Thanks for uh, tuning in to another episode of Hops and Stocks. This is episode number 14, fellas. 15. 15. Uh, 15. Today, we have a special guest, um, by the way, of Columbus, Ohio, but he's now living in Atlanta. His name is Shaqan King, so we'll meet him later on. He's going to put us on to some ATL, real estate game, some do's and don'ts, what's hot, what's trending. So uh, we'll meet him a little later. But uh, again, thank you all for listening. Thanks for taking the time to tune in with us. We have a couple of Nice beer reviews. Uh, we're coming off a, a nice trip, fellas. How was that trip to Nashville? Eventful.
3: Man, Very all love, nice. baby. All love.
2: We, uh, we did the beer fest down there. All the vendors showed us love. We were politicking, getting our name out there for everyone so we can be bigger and better, bigger and better so you all can uh, see us on different platforms. Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe we have our own brewery soon or something like that, man. It's, it's, sky's the limit right now, fellas.
3: Yeah. Big big thanks to Nashville, man. We appreciate all the love y'all showed so, us. Big Funny. and little Nashville.
2: Yeah, little Nash. Oh, <laughs> shout oh.
4: out. Shout out, baby Nashville. Great,
2: great time at the Vanderbilt game.
4: I don't oh, think, yeah. I was, yeah. I
2: about the
3: Vanderbilt game. All
2: right. Unexpected, Uh, you know, last last
4: second field goal. So it was a good yeah. game.
3: Maybe a little straight. hometown cooking.
4: Straight, yeah, straight barn burner, though, man. Didn't yeah. it rain? Got caught in the rain on the way home? Oh, yeah.
5: I think Blast saved us, though, because I was like, Blast, you ready to go? He was like, man, let me see what UConn uh, what
3: do. Man, he was trying to dip early, man. I was trying to be out,
5: man. I
3: was trying to do hey, that. Hey, that's that's out. me all the time. I'm always like, hey, let me see this last possession. <laughs> let me see this last inning. <laughs> nah, man, I'll go I'll ahead go.
2: and sell it off. I'll set it off if no one else wants to. I have a, uh, I have a... It's called Mango Kiss.
3: Nice can. Yeah. yeah. That is nice.
2: That's that job. It's a milkshake IPA. It's brewed with um, mangoes and vanilla. And it's, the featured hops are citra and mosaic. So let's check it out. It's a 6.5. It's 45, 45 on the scale of uh, IBU. So somebody can tell me if that's that good or bad. Let's see you know, I'm, I'm I'm gonna keep it real, man. I'm gonna keep it 100 and drink out the uh oh you doing the sipper? The little taste? Yeah, I'm doing the
5: sipper. This you is what we Navy use Nash
3: glass. <laughs> 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 I didn't
5: even think about breaking
2: that out. Yeah, I like it. We all we all yeah. should be drinking out of them, man. <laughs> I, wash, I, like
4: it. I wash mine up, man. Let me go get my junk, man.
2: I don't even mine, know if I, I think doing mine, is, mine, is, man, mine. Man, is a listen. Dishwasher. This is a different you know, when you think IPA, you think it's going to be bitter. Man, it has a good, sweet, crisp crisp taste to it on the back end. Um, I mean, the citrus, sometimes citrus can be kind of bitter as well. It seemed like it they have a nice, sweet citrus on this one. This is a Rochester Mills Beer Company. I'm not sure where it's out of, man. The information on the can is kind of ambiguous as far as where they're out of. I'm thinking maybe Rochester, New York. I don't know. you can look it up. But on a scale... Of milkshake IPAs, I would give this right out of four because um, I'm enjoying it. You know, it's not it's not something that I'm, I may not revisit.
3: I didn't know it was a milkshake.
2: Are you getting yeah. the mango note? Yeah, I'm getting the mango. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I left that out, but I'm getting the mango note. Very nicely done, man. I've never had a Rochester Mills uh, beer, but I um, picked one up today from the Honey Hole. Bit of the Honey Hole.
4: It's a it's an IPA.
2: Yeah, IPA milkshake IPA. It's called Mango Kiss.
5: You got that one on sale, right?
2: Yeah, I got it on sale. It was regularly like nineteen for four pack. I got it for like six ninety nine. Man, you can't beat that. You
5: can't beat that, man!
2: Cheers, fellas. Cheers, Cheers to neighbors. Cheers to neighbors and little Nash, <laughs> <laughs> and a robber, and a robber. <laughs>
5: Oh, yeah, uh, man. <laughs> I'll go ahead and uh, take this next this next leg of the reviews. I got this. Um, it's, yeah. actually, it's actually called The Breweries, except it's spelled B-R-U-E-R-Y. I'm sorry, E-Y. E-R-Y. Yeah, I think I said that right the first time. Um, and it's called Boysenberry Pie. And so it's a bourbon barrel age imperial fruit stout with boysenberry, cinnamon, and natural vanilla flavor. Um, I've been sitting here sipping it. Oh, by the way, it's a 10.2 ABV, so it's something to get you righteous. Yeah, nice. out of Placentia, California. So let me take another little sip and give you our quick review. Sounded like yeah. this man said Placenta, California. Placenta, placenta. <laughs> placenta. Oh, the wow. nasty Placentia? beer. I don't know what I want to say, it, man. Placentia. <laughs> It looked like placenta though, except it got an eye in it. Afterbirth, afterbirth—that's what that's called. <laughs> <laughs> After <a> beer. <bit. laughs> He's drinking that nasty beer, boy. But um, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever had anything that was described as a a fruited, an imperial fruited stout. But you definitely get the boysenberry notes. Um, it's heavy on the boysenberry, uh, kind of light on the cinnamon. Um, it does have—it does remind you of a of a pie. Um, You don't get that much because I've been sitting on it for about 10, 15 minutes. You don't get what does that. does it remind you of, E? but it doesn't remind you of boys and berry pie. Oh, ah, okay. Um, But you were saying the placenta reminds you of pie. <laughs> man, can I just get my review out, brother? <laughs> <laughs> my
3: bad, man. My bad. I'm taking, oh, I'm taking the place of Doug tonight, man. Oh, man. man I'm hey, trying to
5: stay safe,
3: man. Hey, to quote my man, y'all can be lame if you want to, but this <laughs> is entertainment value. <laughs>
5: All right, so we got um, I'm I'm lost to where I'm at with this thing, man. Tips boys <laughs> pie, boysenberry pie. Yeah, so you do get that boysenberry pie taste. Um, it's hey, not. Tell, really, me about, tell me about that though. What is? What is? I've never had that. Yeah, boys that's a berry. good point. It. So it looked like a cross between a blueberry and a raspberry. If you look at it. Um, okay. So it's a. It's one of those dark berries. Um, it looked like a placenta. <laughs> Hey man, we might just have to move on past my review, so we don't. Keep so placenta doesn't become the title of this pod.
3: Oh, well, yeah, well, yeah, I think we have the title of this All right, so- let me
5: wrap. Let me let me wrap this thing up real quick. Seriously, um, so it's not my favorite, um, because it is heavy on the on the fruit, and I'm when I'm drinking stouts, I don't really, you know, what I'm saying shoot for heavy fruit flavors, um. Y'all might like it because y'all, y'all like more of those fruit forward beers. Um, I'm going to give it a four because it's not terrible. It's just not me.
4: What color is it again?
5: Uh, it's, it's stout color. So that dark brown.
4: Would you, would you get it again?
5: Um, I probably wouldn't get it again. Like I said, it's, it's, not, it's not bad. It's just it's heavy on the fruit. And uh, so, if I'm going for stouts, I wouldn't. This wouldn't be my first pickup, but I'm not going. You know, what I'm saying like, give it under four because I think it's well done. You get exactly what they tell you is in it. It's just, it ain't for me.
2: So, is it's the fruit? Bitter. Is the fruit like? Is it too bitter? Or I mean, do you get like a sweetness in the fruit or what?
5: It's sweet. That's exactly what it is. It's sweet. Right um, on my alley. Of no, that's what down. I'm saying. I, I think that y'all like it because it's it's sweet, almost kind of kind of syrupy. Um, borderline, like, borderline, like, like, like grape jelly or something like that. Um, you know what? It reminds me of a peanut butter jelly style Minus oh. the peanut butter. Minus the peanut butter, though. Like, you don't get, you don't get no peanut butter at all. Because obviously it's not in there. But I like I said, I think that y'all would enjoy it. If y'all seen it, pick it up. It's just not my favorite, favorite profile. Where's it out
2: of again? I forgot.
5: <laughs> Placentia, California. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Cynthia nice California. Place. Nice place. E, did you give that a, <laughs> a mug rating? Yeah, I gave it a four. Like I said, I'm not gonna. Okay. You know what I'm saying underrate it because I it's not it's not for me. I think it's well done for what it is. It's just yeah, it's
3: pretty pretty good rating, man.
5: Yeah, it's just not my my flavor profile.
3: All right, who's up next?
5: Then there were two.
3: I'll take it. Um, I'm not going to lie to y'all, man. I bought this IPA um, strictly for the name. This is Against the Grain Brewing out of Louisville, and the title of this one is Citra Ass Down. Yeah. Yeah. Can't see
4: it, though. Oh,
3: man. Yeah, right about there. Citra Ass Down. (laughs) (laughs) That's a clever name. This this IPA, it looks like they're uh, making fun of you know, beers with all these exotic ingredients. It says, This is a double IPA brewed with citra hops. It's sticky, hoppy, and delicious. Simply drink it and enjoy it. Don't hoard this beer. Sit your ass down and drink it now. That's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> nice, you know, typical. I think y'all kind of of hoard beers. We
4: all hoard
3: beers. Oh, man, the smell is really, really good. A lot of that citrus smell on it. Mine, too. Typical IPA, man. Yeah. Um, a little bit bitter. I didn't see an a IBU scale on it. Um, but I don't, I don't mind the bitterness, man. I mean, you know, I guess they was going for that hard IPA taste, and that's what you get in here. Um, they hit you with an 8.2 ABV, too. So, you know, it, it does what it's supposed to do. You said 8.2? A, yeah, 8.2. I say, as an IPA man, I'd give it maybe a four. You know, mm-hmm. three fours tonight. Strong, strong offering for an IPA. Yeah,
5: but you got be up. Let
4: me tell you what's in this can right here. <laughs> can you see
5: it?
3: Yeah, we can.
4: Oh, Keep it still, brother.
3: Oh, the grist. Oh, Southern Greece. Is that this Southern Greece? Is-
4: Oh. S <laughs> Easy, Southern Grist uh go Fly. It's a smoothie sour ale in collaboration with uh Untitled Art. Oh,
3: that's right, that's right.
4: So hey, a lot the of art?
2: were they at the uh were were they at the beer fest? Untitled Art? Uh-huh.
4: Oh, it was a I lot of local, a lot of local folks
2: down there.
4: I know a lot of y'all like to tune into the show and just like to hear me just dog walk a brewery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not well. I don't know yet. I mean, I've had yeah. it before, but yeah, you don't know
3: what's in that can yet.
4: Let me let me see what's in this can.
3: <laughs> I love the color of that. It's
4: got that tip- look like it. orange juice. Yeah, it's, like orange. it's got that that typical sour feel. I mean, it hits you back in here. You can taste that, It almost it almost has like a sunny delight type of type of taste. The notes are
2: uh, got my attention on that.
4: Vanilla, mango, tangerine, passion fruit, and lime. It's that tangerine that tastes like that's some delight. It has a uh, 5.6 ABV. It's out of Nashville. Uh, I like it. Uh, I give it a four and a quarter.
3: Oh, it's impressive.
4: I enjoy what's in this can. <laughs> 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 Once again, a lot, this of, a lot of good ratings, man. Once again, this is Southern Grist at uh, Nashville. Southern Grist, Go Fly Kite, Smoothie, Sour Ale. What you got, Karan?
0: I got uh got trilogy, a one with Synergy. i don't see. I don't know if y'all can see it or not. Yeah, let me check it out. Uh, my brethren, E Dribble, told me to go to Aldi's. I went to Aldi's. Um, they didn't have a lot of selection, but they did have these synergies. So I went with the trilogy or whatever. The price was a better price point. Uh, after tax, I think it was like 319 Um, Regular price was like, I don't know, 289 or something like that. Normally, it would have been like 379 or something like that at Giant Eagle. So that was the win. Got my trusty.
2: Ruth
0: oh, Fest,
3: yeah. yeah. Tester. came up
0: on one of those. Yeah. I had to go through a lot, but... <laughs> I got it. It's a nice pour. Colorization. Yeah, good color
2: too. Um. Yeah, this one's <laughs> definitely
0: pretty good. Smack. It has some juices. A lot of ginger. Nice effervescent. Um. It's saying that it has uh, black tea, green tea, kiwi juice, raspberry juice. So that's where you're getting the raspberry color from. Yeah, okay. uh, lemon juice and fresh, pressed ginger juice and
5: 100% pure love.
3: Man, finally,
2: we're gotta back love, to the
5: man.
3: love. Man, gotta have the love. This guy went away from the love for a couple of weeks. Oh, man.
5: He was bringing hate into the pot.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: man. Now this is a solid <laughs> I could go to this one on a regular, so I'm gonna give this one a four. I've had it before, but I hadn't had it in a while. And after going to a different place and different flavors, yeah, I, I like this one. What was the ticket? It was you? uh I want to say 289 at Aldi's. Okay. But after tax it was like 319. So that's still a better deal than if I would have went to giant Eagle when it would have been like 379 every now and then giant Eagle might have uh three for nine, but
2: this week it was regular price. So, uh, yeah, this is uh, a win for me. Everything's regular price or priced up nowadays.
3: Mm-hmm. The listeners price. out there, man, that's a uh, five drinks that we reviewed all four are better. So, you know, I might
5: stuff worth going out and trying. I might be revisiting <laughs> this. Oh, I mean, this, this is this is controversial right here. Um, <laughs> typically, when I sip stouts, they get better. Oh wow, I Yeah, man, this one not getting better.
3: Well, I mean, considering considering where that stout is from, I would
5: expect it to get a little worse.
4: <laughs> yeah, that that pie, I don't know.
5: Yeah, like the the. I like like I said, when stouts get the room temperature, pretty much that's like that that point that I love them. This one is getting like overly sweet. Like you can, it's just tastes like boysenberry juice. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> keep it at a four, but <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't be it down, you can only go up, man. Yeah, you're right. But if somebody asks me on the streets, it's 375, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, that
3: still ain't that bad for one that you clearly said is not for you. Yeah, it's 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 getting further and further away from not being for me, man. I mean if V dub was grading that man.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm be. actually gonna double back on this one. Um, I'm getting a trilogy. You're getting the raspberry, the lemon, and the ginger. Those are the three that's jumping out at me. So yeah, that's the trilogy right there.
4: I probably put that. And, and, and man, ginger has
0: a lot of health benefits, doesn't it, Koran? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, basically, it's the same as a probiotic, healthy gut, you know, um, regulation, you
2: know, the enzymes. This stuff. I wanted to ask you about. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, I, 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 I probably put that bug in your ear, man. I, I mentioned when you put that that haul out in the text. I said something about you, you. You might want to review that one first. My bad. I don't know if that was your first choice or not, man. But
5: it wasn't. But since you since you called for it, I grabbed it. It doesn't matter. It would have got drank at some point in time. Yeah, we, got, we got a little time. Get another one out. Nah, I'm good. I still got to get through this. Man, <laughs> like it. hey, I still got to get through that, man. do pour
4: out. Don't be afraid to pour out. Hey, like we were at the uh,
2: beer fest. Like you
4: don't
5: beer you were going. No, I don't huh? think nobody else poured out. Yeah, I was going to say, I nah, didn't nothing it. I, I poured out some. Um, I was constantly pouring out, man. Yeah, it was some stuff that just wasn't good, but it was also some stuff that was really good. The bad part about it is Karan would have to document what I thought was good because he took a pictures of everything I said was good. I Oh, yeah, I, I got footage I got to go through, man. It's a lot of good footage, though,
0: man.
2: Yogi. Yeah, man. I just I just wonder how you can do that without getting full. I I felt so full after like, you know, saying four or five, six beers. I was,
5: you know,
4: I was only. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, well, I, I told all of them, much.
5: man, like a little, little, little bitty bit. Even with that, man. I mean. If you get if you get like that much, you can make it all the way through and not just be having that, that overly bloated feeling. And then it was some people we would tell them like, "Yo, we only want like a really small pour," and they still fill it up. And I'm <laughs> like, "Hey, yo, half of this is going on this on this field because I'm not drinking all of it." But I I, I like that festival, man. It's for that ticket and that experience, and then for us being a new podcast and promotion, I think we learned a lot of things from the do's and don'ts of of promoting at festivals, man. Like you know what I'm saying. We got a lot of feedback, good feedback from the t shirts. I think the cards went over well. Stickers, not so much for some technical difficulties with the stickers.
2: They love the stickers, though, man. They want stickers. That's high demand. demand. That's high demand.
5: Yeah. People love them, but we just couldn't get them to come off the thing.
0: I think the biggest thing that I learned and I took away was that Nashville is a real damn city, man. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You didn't think that? No, I was just, yeah, it just, it's, it's just at a large. Great, man.
2: That, that's about. why we had a Midtown. The food was, those wings were on point,
5: man. Oh, uh, like at Hopsmith? They was from, I, I never ate they wings. They was fire? Oh, yeah. Okay, i have to check them out. I've only had, like, they burgers and they, uh, they tacos over there.
4: I've never had a bad meal in Nashville.
5: It's good I've- food in this mug, man. Um. But y'all, y'all just be stuck on Neighbors. i be trying to put y'all on, man. Y'all like, man, we going I mean, to Neighbors.
4: Can you blame us, though? <laughs> First of all, it's in walking distance. It's right across the street.
5: <laughs> I can't blame you. I can't blame you. But I'm like, man, y'all done been down. you dub you been down, what, three times?
4: Yep. And I think well, we you are hungry.
5: Up. I mean,
2: we always hungry, man. So it's I like. I think it's Dub is
4: only ate at food. three restaurants, and he's been down. To- <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I've had at Neighbors, Monell's, uh, Boomba's, Hot. Uh,
5: what
4: was it Hopsmith? Whatever? Hopsmith, yeah. Um, yeah, and in the hotel uh, breakfast, in the hotel
0: lobby. I also did something I've never done before in my life, man. Just just straight up thugging, man. I uh, Was it th- the Hopsmiths? That's the spot we went to? Yeah. yeah. The Fire Wings? Yeah. I ordered my dessert first, man. <laughs> man, you did Black You did. <laughs>
5: that was fried
2: Oreos, man. I'm, I'm for, um, yeah, that was fire, man. man. Oh, it, I didn't. regret would be if great. I
5: knew, if I knew you rocked with fried Oreos, that place I told you I had a good burger, Jack Browns. Yeah, they got fried Oreos. They fire, man. Hey, man, Karan ordered dessert and dinner at the same time both nights. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you hey get dessert the first time? Doug life. Rolls. Slim and Husky, yeah, he, got, uh, the he Husky. got the, oh them, yeah, them cinnamon rolls, cinnamon rolls, oh yeah,
4: shout out fire. to Slim and man, they, they, okay. they, Slim and
3: Husky took guess. good care of us Friday night.
0: Oreo was the theme, man, cause I got Oreo cinnamon rolls, man, it
3: was Oreo. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah,
5: those was
3: fire. fire. Hey, hey, man, did anybody uh shout out? Uh, is his name Mister C? Yeah, I, I,
5: you I know I held up the card.
3: Okay, uh, yeah, I was just, I was just gonna say, you know. I, I, he was a pretty gracious dude, man. I, you know, um, he chopped it up with us. He was gracious with his time, and you know, he, he didn't uh, he didn't big time us at all or nothing like that. Hell, if anything, we might have big timed him.
5: Right. Just see him in the see him in the lobby and was like, hey, what's up? Or yeah, we this twice, man. The
2: first time we walked in from from the kick, first time we walked in from the kick, he was uh, he was sitting down with his like entourage. Yeah, nice little nice little entourage, and he was. He was asking us questions. We gave him a card. Yeah, he, he he gave, us. yeah. Oh, that's dope. You might not know who
4: that is,
5: though. Say who that is, though.
4: Cha-Cha, hey.
5: Mr. Cha-Cha Slide?
4: Yeah, man. Hey, there he is. Right There's
2: Mr. Cha-Cha Slide right there. Shakarn King. <laughs> 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 I
1: <laughs> knew it was going to be jokes, man, hey, so I'm prepared. and
2: gentlemen, <laughs> welcome. Cha-Cha <laughs> King. Yes, sir. you going, going on, man? Thanks oh, for so hopping on with us, man. Um, this is my everyone you you, you know Shikhar yeah 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 uh, but uh, this is my sans he's uh, originally from columbus by the way of atlanta now doing his thing down in atlanta also mm-hmm. uh, doing good things down there man tell us tell us a little bit about yourself and um and, and how your, your business is matriculating down there in, in the south
1: for sure for sure so again first of all just thanks for having me on here i've been following you guys for you know since kind of since you kind of started this movement so i just want to tell Appreciate you guys it. Yeah, stick to it, man. It's beautiful to see from afar. You know, and the one thing I know that you guys, you know, you know, you guys have grown together. And to be able to grow together in adulthood is a beautiful thing, man. You know, not a lot of people can get to this level in friendship. So I just want you guys to know, man, that y'all doing something very powerful, man. Definitely just hold on oh, and stick to
2: that. We appreciate it, man. Thank you, sir.
3: Thank you. For sure, for let, sure. Hey,
2: let this be the model. So when you in, in Cincinnati, you still call me. Let this be the model, man.
3: Yeah, for
2: sure. <laughs> we can grow in friendship. Absolutely. I got it.
1: (laughs) But uh, yeah, just tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I've been in real estate uh, 21 years now. I started off in Columbus, Ohio, just as a traditional agent. Uh, My first opportunity in real estate was actually working for um, a real estate investor locating uh, unclaimed real estate funds. Uh, So that was kind of like my introduction to real estate, kind of unorthodox. And then from there, I transitioned into like short sales and then just pivoted into traditional real estate and REO. And now uh, I'm currently uh, in uh, real estate investment, uh, primarily working with real estate investors that are outside the state of Georgia who are looking for assets,
2: you know, in my market.
1: So that's kind of what I do right now, hundred percent.
2: Okay, yeah. what, uh, what are you seeing that's kind of like on the uptrend or, you know, how's the market right now as far as, you know, business?
1: Yeah, well, right now the market in Atlanta, the inventory is short uh, compared to, you know, previous cycles. Um, Yeah, I mean, everyone's fighting over the same property. So right now I have clients from zero to half a million and there's nothing there. I mean, there is nothing. Um, So right now inventory, you know, is a huge, is a huge issue. So what I'm doing to combat that is I've transitioned into doing fix and flips, you know, so Obviously, you know, when you're in business, you have to adjust, you know, to, you know, to the market, you know, to whatever's going on around you. So if the inventory short, then that's the opportunity for me to go acquire properties, renovate them and then put them back on the market, you know, to add, you know, add to the inventory or to increase inventory. So that's kind of, you know, where I'm at right now with, with the current market.
2: So does that mean that people are like holding on to their properties? They're, they're not looking to do anything with them? Is that what Absolutely. that means? Yeah, yeah. Oh.
1: Obviously, you know, COVID, you know, uh, Had two different effects, you know, on one end, it did kind of paralyze people as far as their movement, you know, as far as, you know, you know, buying properties, even on the investment end. Um, But overall, like, you know, pretty much for the first year of COVID, I mean, the numbers was crazy. You know, it it was probably slow from like that March 2020 to like maybe the end of April. But from that May until current, it's been on fire Um, to the point again, you know, now the, the inventory is depleted.
3: So
5: for you. Kind
1: of,
3: uh, Bill Blass here. What's going on, man? Good to see oh, you. Man. Good to see you too. Yes, sir. Uh, I I man, I saw an interesting story, and it was about Atlanta, probably 30 minutes before we hopped on uh, on I don't know, NBC or whatever. And they were talking about um, you know, the shortage, as you mentioned, and they said what was happening in Atlanta is um, you know, these big investment firms are buying mm-hmm. up all of the property and then renting it out um, because you know, rent rental. Can't nobody buy right now. And the rental, it it creates an opportunity to, you know, charge higher rents for people to rent. So have have you noticed that, too?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I guess I mentioned my primary focus is working with real estate investors Mm -hmm. uh, and that is with the individual investor, but also with investment firms uh, as well. So the one hot product in Atlanta is new construction. Um, so we kind of went through this wave, I would say maybe about four years ago where it was, you know, a shortage in uh, inventory. And again, I just sat back and thought like, okay, what's the next move? <clears throat> so I just reached out to four or five builders and just developed relationships. So what I was able to do was get like the, the uh, you know, builders build in phases. Yes, sir. You know, the first phase, you know, is, you know, that's when you're probably taking the most risk because you're the first one in, but also you got construction around you, et cetera. But with the first phase, is that you're actually able to capture equity. You know, you're, you're actually able, you know, so if a, a builder starts off at like $300,000 in the first phase, you know, by phase two, they probably bumped up at least five, you know, to 10% in price. Yes, sir. So and that allows my investors to get in on the front end and capitalize on that. So, you know, once my investors were seeing my other clients, you know, purchase these uh, new construction properties, they hopped on them. So I would probably say in the past four years, five years I've closed about 400 no 400 properties and I would say about 225 new construction properties so
3: that's I, impressive man
1: yeah yeah so I can and again it's about just building relationships so a builder would give me a call say hey Shakan, I have this community it's going to be released in a month so they give me a month to reach out to my clients you know give them all the data etc about the, the property the community you know so on and so forth and then once you know the builder releases the properties, you know, let's say if they're building fifty units in this community, you know, they'll release maybe you know ten to fifteen on the first phase and give me at least seven of those. Okay. And then they'll just oh. give me a portion, so on, you know, just th- through the end of it. So in some communities, I've actually sold up to like thirty to forty percent of the units in the community. So.
3: Man, my family, we watch uh some some shows sometimes on Bravo about uh mm-hmm. you know these real estate investment and real estate uh professionals in new york and la and they kind of do what you're doing i'm like well, well hell we got our own bravo real estate agent right here man yeah, doing the same yeah, thing absolutely Salute, man yeah thank you thank you
1: and, and again you know 90 of my clients are from california new york or overseas you know where areas where they can't invest in their immediate area so they I need to get client. you on the show man yeah, they yeah get you on the show bro hey trust me i i, I can definitely teach you some things.
2: For sure. Yes. Yeah. Hey
4: Shakan, when you yeah. um uh, when you're looking to to buy and flip a house, mm-hmm. what, what are some of the things that you look for when, when acquiring a property?
1: Um, so I'm working on a project right now. Um, so this project is located in this community called um historic call your heights. So it's about uh 10 minutes direct drive uh to Georgia Tech, to the Mercedes uh, benz Stadium. You know, that's a billion dollar stadium at the Falcons play in. CNN Center and uh, uh, Clark Atlanta, Spellman, Morehouse, et cetera. So I look at, you know, I look at the, you know, the property and what's within about 10 miles of it or at least a 10 minute drive. Um, So if I see that's accessible to expressways, um, again, uh, if fortune 500 companies, you know, are within, again, like a 10 mile radius. I mean, again that kind of piques my interest right there. And then from, from there, it's a matter of just assessing the condition of the property. So what I do for every property that either I buy or my clients buy, you know, of course I get it under contract. And then what I do is I deploy uh, an inspector and a contractor to walk the property at the same time. And essentially the the inspector scopes the whole property, you know, top to bottom, contractor comes in, essentially looks what needs to be improved. And I essentially merge both of those reports, present them to my client or for myself to determine which direction I'm going to go in. So that's essentially how,
5: you know, I, you know, I I vet um, investments. So on your investment properties, are you getting these off market or are you scouring the MLS to get them?
1: Off market. Yeah. So that's the other thing is in in Atlanta, uh, wholesale uh, dealing is crazy. So and again, the fact that I've moved a lot of properties, um, I get a lot of just contacts from different wholesalers. So the property I just mentioned, I bought from a wholesaler. So in some of these communities, you know, the, the temperature of the market is just so high that you have to kind of just, again, develop relationships to go around MLS and, and other traditional methods of, of acquiring properties. So, yeah, I definitely go through wholesalers. And so far, I've probably acquired like two wholesale properties and they've all worked out well.
5: Okay. Yeah. Do you know that um, like the means, the, were they probate properties, were they tax liens,
1: Uh, a combination of most of it is just, um, like with the property that I just acquired, it's just individuals who've lived in this, you know, in the home for a long time. And you know, they know someone who knows someone that says, Hey, I'm gonna sell my house. And essentially that's kind of how it starts. Um, you really kind of just, um, you know, this property I just bought, you know, the neighbor, she's been there 30 years and she gave me the history of the property. Um, this property was a one home owner. Uh, so this gentleman who owned it bought it back in 1960. Uh, he was an African American gentleman. He's a journalist, the first journalist in Atlanta um, that worked for the AJC, the local newspaper. but he's the first journalist that could actually talk to uh, white police officers like during like a crime or with something transpired. Um, so again, that's the other piece is that I like buying properties that have a story to it, you know because that's something that you want to sell. So yeah. you know, again, just digging into the neighborhood digging into the neighbors, just being, you know, again, just genuine is how I've been able to stay in real estate and just get, you know, properties that others may not have access to.
0: It sounds like those, uh, those type of people would, um, take a lot more than, uh, pride in that, uh, that real estate as well. Like absolutely, a yeah, lot yeah. more up and, you know, a lot more work put into it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, again, just like to get a property, you know, again, it's probably built nineteen sixty for only one person to have lived in it during that whole time, like, that's a treasure. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we look at it like, you know, we want to definitely make sure we preserve it, you know, renovate he was a black it. Man. What'd you say now?
2: He was a black man.
1: Absolutely, yep. Uh, his name was George Coleman. And the, the, the interesting part was that, you know, as we were cleaning out this property, again, he's a journalist. So, in the basement, I found 400 jet magazines, dating back oh, to 1973. So, Again, like you go on these properties and you don't know what you're going to encounter. But for me, like that's just valuable, you know, that I can go on this property and find something, you know, that's, you know, that old.
2: So that's uh, 400, that's 400 beauty of the weeks that
3: you look through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah pay, turned right pay to page 34, didn't you? Was it 34 or 43? 43. on 43. 43. <laughs> <laughs>
1: now. Yeah. So, yeah. So again, like I, you know, real estate man, I just. You know, I've been in every aspect of it and I just enjoy it. It's not a job to me. You know, I do it. I wake up. I love it. um, You know, and I just I'll be in it forever for sure.
4: So what what does a a typical day look like for you,
1: man? So right now, um, again, I have three clients, you know, as of right now. Uh, One is an actress that's uh, from L.A. that's moving here to Atlanta. um, and She's going to pretty much live between L.A. and Atlanta. So she's looking for a property actually in the city, you know, in, a, in an area that's up and coming.
2: And she, on she's a little bit No,
1: not no No, not at all. Not at all. No, I keep it all clean a
2: business bit
1: of a little I wish, a little I wish,
2: <laughs> Is she a little bit of a little bit
1: oh. uh, yeah. a will probably say she. Yeah, she's a B lister. Yeah, oh. Yeah, she's a yeah, she's of a little Everybody's on the come up. Definitely me. on some shows that we've been, you know, we've watched over the past of a little bit of a little bit of a um, so yeah, I, you know, I got that client. I have another African-American woman. Um, she's in her fifties looking for a lake home. So we put oh, that, property, yeah, we submitted an offer on that last night. And again, just due to the temperature of the market, you know, we went 10 grand over list price, you know, and we'll close it in, you know, 21 days.
2: So it was like a bidding war. Like if somebody had oh, yeah, been sure. tired and it's like a bidding war.
1: Right now. Everything is multiple offers. So what I'm telling my clients now, like, even if we're looking at a property, and there's no offers on it at this moment, you have to approach it. Like there's 10 other people about to submit an offer. So everything that's out there right now, like we go in strong, like I have a client now we're looking at a half a million and we may have to go up to like five twenty-five, you know, just to be able to get, to get the property.
2: When you're accepting offers or when offers are accepted, mm-hmm. do they look at the source of funds? Absolutely. Are they looking at like the, I mean, is, is that unethical, man? If, if you're looking at somebody's, how they're going to pay like their loan structure and how their loan is structured.
1: I mean, no, that's, all. that's all yeah. fair game. Yes, yeah, I mean you have to confirm that they had the means to to acquire the property, right. you know whether it's by uh, traditional loan, cash, uh, or even hard yeah. money. Um, Doug,
3: that the story I was talking about on the news, the, the lady was losing out. She, I think she says she put in over fifty different offers and she got beat out every time by you know the firms that were offering straight cash.
2: Yeah, yeah. right. Well, yeah, I understand just, that. I understand that concept of getting beaten out with someone with that much capital but if you're and you're really not in residential but if you're looking at someone with a fha loan and a conventional loan it seems like now the market is saying hey we're we're gonna go with that conventional loan and not so much with the fha loan
1: well no you know what i do again i i kind of sell a story with my client so particularly if it's the owner occupant here in atlanta again as you mentioned billy i mean there's there's been there's been such um emphasis on real estate firms coming in and funds coming in and buying properties so if i have a client that is an owner occupant she has kids you know she works in the neighborhood a seller is more than likely going to take that offer over uh, an investor gotcha if that makes sense particularly if it's in the neighborhood that's settled and you know and yeah they- yeah
3: because the, invest- the investment firms were looking to rent versus you know the person that's looking to you know be there for a while so
1: exactly exactly so yeah so again you have to confirm you know their ability to uh to buy so even with fha loans like i submitted an offer earlier this week you know submitted you know obviously the offer the pre-approval letter but also the buyer's down payment money from her from her bank deposit so i want to show completely that she's pre-approved and i'm gonna show you where the down payment money is coming from
2: right you gotta source the funds it just Mm -hmm. seemed like it just seemed like people were going on with the government loans the fha loans Seem like they get the short end if they're competing with a, a, a buyer that's conventional, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you look – well, what happened was with the, with the mortgage collapse, you know, 10 years ago, that changed a lot. So at this point, you know, if you get – like, you got to have a 620 score, you know, really just to get into the door, um, even for FHA. I mean, of course, 580 is the bottom – but lenders want to see you in that 620 640 range you know even as a bottom right. so you know once you're there and again they have um new systems now where they can pre-approve you up front they can run all your your docs credit up front you know to say okay all we need is an appraisal to get you through the door versus before i mean before market collapsed i was closing people with 450 credit scores hey, easy. Wow. <laughs> easy. i'm telling you easy um, you, need but to send that, those,
5: you need to send those clients to me. I'll take care of them. Eric's credit is <laughs> I still will. I'm serious.
1: Because I, I get them calls all the time. And I just tell people, like, again, just, you know, obviously you can, you know, pull your credit report on you. You know, I always tell people, go to annualcreditport.com, pull your credit. And essentially, if you have collections, just contact each number on there and then just, you know, just make them an
2: offer. Again, you want Eric's job. You say do Eric's job without paying them.
1: <laughs> right, right, or again, or again, you know. Obviously, you 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 go through someone professional who can do it, you know, and, you, and they can handle it, you know, with the ease of mind. Yeah. Um, but that I mean, that's always. I guess, so I guess my question, question is, was, how
2: much is. discretion does mm-hmm. the seller have when it comes to, you know, agreeing upon a deal with what type of buyer? So they have, they, you have a lot of discretion as as the seller.
1: Yeah, I mean, you as long as you are inside, uh, I guess, the lines of ethics, I mean, a seller can look at the, the, the offer any way they want to. Again, of course, they just can't discriminate based on, you know, color, creed,
2: religion, right.
1: sex, origin, et cetera. Um, but the in mind,
2: she, she was in the market for a long time trying to find a house here in Cincinnati. And she was just coming up against that bit that bidding war. Every yeah. time she, she she set a price and they'll come back with 20,000 more and they'll beat her out. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I started cause she was asking, cause I used to do mortgages myself yeah. and I was, I was asking her like not to get in her business. What, what type of loan are you structured with now? She said FHA. And i was like, man, I wonder if that's why she mm-hmm. is getting, um, you know, rejected or yeah. those well, contracts aren't being accepted with her.
5: Yeah, yeah. I was thinking FHA requires an inspection. Right, like you have to, have, it has to meet certain things to qualify. Well, you got,
2: you got mortgage, you, have, you, you got, you, gotta have mortgage insurance with your loan. So that's added yeah. on to the, the cost of the loan, and that's added on to the actual uh, monthly payment.
5: You know mm-hmm. that mortgage insurance, but yeah,
2: yeah it has to be inspected differently.
5: Yeah, there's a, a different level of inspection for FHA. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, like the appraisal, the appraisal is more stringent. Like yeah. uh, as far as um, it can't be any peeling paint, uh, trip hazards. Um, you know, everything essentially has to be stabilized versus the seller,
2: the seller will have to fix all that stuff before. Absolutely. Approved. Right. So that's, that's probably where the, you know, the, the discrepancy is like, Hey man, I, I don't want to put a rail out there, but FHA is telling you to put a rail out there.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And again, you know, it depends on the market. I mean, the seller is going to address whatever issues arise, you know, particularly, you know, if you have a strong buyer. Um, and again, FHA buyers are strong. Again, my client, I mentioned that's a half million dollars. She's an FHA buyer, you know, I mean, she's approved approved of the 420 and she's going to put the other hundred grand down. I mean, so, you know, FHA is just, a, and actually, you know, she's approved, uh, conventional at 400,000 and FHA at 420. So the FHA just allows her to borrow more money. And essentially that's how I deliver it to the sellers when I'm, when I'm presenting offers.
2: Was that a different debt to income ratio that they provide? The DTR. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, Chase Bank just reached out to me last week because they're going to partner with me on the property that I'm renovating. Um, they want to you know provide the financing for it. So they have a product that's similar to FHA. Um, but even like the debt to income ratios, it's like a lot looser and more flexible. So you, you do have lenders that, again, have that exact same product. It's, it's just not called FHA. Can
5: you speak to... Because I live here in Nashville, and so we have one of the hottest markets in the country as far as Absolutely. real estate. Absolutely. And um, several articles that I've read have spoken about the out-of-state investors from California. Because obviously, what we think is expensive here as Nashvilleians, they think is cheap coming from the California market. And Absolutely. a lot of them are selling their homes, and so they are cash buyers. Yes. Um, as a seller, if I got you know a cash buyer, obviously that's all cash. But if I have a you know, a, a, a buyer who's, you know, 770 credit score, they got their mm-hmm. 20% down. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, as a seller, all I'm getting is a check. So why is the cash buyer more attractive?
1: Motivation, um, just depending on the, the, the seller and their situation, um, the ability to close quicker.
5: Yeah, you know, close quicker.
1: Right, right. So with my cash clients, um, you know, we're going to go in with, you know, maybe a, a three to five day inspection period. Versus my, you know, uh, conventional loan clients where we may do like a seven to 10 day inspection period. But with cash, we can also close in 14 days as well or immediately after we kind of scope the property and know that it's essentially good to go. So cash essentially just allows the, the seller to be able to close quicker. But as you mentioned, at the end of the day, it's all I mean, it's all the same check. Yeah. And in this market, honestly, like cash really doesn't it doesn't mean much at all. I mean, it, it really doesn't push people to take a, take this offer the, uh, over the other offer.
3: Okay, Hey, Chacon, uh I, I want you to, you know, just speak to the listeners who might be hearing this. And, you know, they hear you throwing out these big numbers and think that, you know, real estate is, is a glamorous job. I, I know that you love it, but, you know, speak to speak to some of the grind and some of the hard work that you put in also.
1: Yeah, so as I mentioned, I started out in real estate just as a traditional agent, you know, just working, you know, the neighborhoods in Columbus. Um, again, as you, guys, you know, as you guys may know, I opened up a real estate office in downtown Cincinnati. Um, and that was like my first 10 years. And I will say what yeah, I did- Hold on,
2: you still owe me some money for that because I work with you, man. I think I helped you out with something.
1: I don't think you ever actually brought anything- into I was your- riding around with you, <laughs> looking at some
2: properties. <laughs> I don't even
1: remember that. <laughs> Um, All right, go ahead, man. Um, But yeah, I would say what I learned is that uh, my personality is more geared towards the investor. I'm not the real estate agent, you know, that's going to put the family in the car and I'm just going to ride around and do the field. That's not me. I'm more of, you know, the business side of it. So I would say, like, that's, you know, the one thing I learned is just, you know, my place in real estate. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there, I would say the second thing is, you know, dealing with family and friends, um, you know, going into real estate, you know, that's kind of who I marketed my business towards was my, the people who I knew. The tough part was, you know, watching family and friends, you know, lose properties of foreclosure, um, you know, coming to the closing table and not prepared. you know, with down payment funds, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, or even sometimes just asking for my commission check, you know. Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. Wow. What I did, what I did intentionally, probably back in two thousand seven, is I just started working with people I did not know.
3: Yeah, stop working with. Them.
1: So that's why I just, I just shifted one hundred percent to investors, um, and then also banks as well. So I, you know, I've, I've done a lot of REO work, managing foreclosure properties for Fannie Mae, Bank of America, uh, so on and so forth. So I essentially just kind of just went to the corporate client versus the traditional client.
2: So, so that's you, that's you say they I ask mean. for your check they want you to do the work for free. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah. I mean, because, um, in some instances, you know, people look at that check, like it's a lottery check. Um, they don't look at, you know, the work that the risk again, cause there's risk going out, you know, not being paid, showing people properties.
3: Yeah. Uh, and that's you know, what I'm talking about. Like, you, you know, I think people, yeah, you go, people you see know. this as a glamorous position and, right. you know, they don't see the work.
1: Yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of grind just to one, you know, uh, you know, get a pro- get a buyer to the point where they're ready to buy, locate the property. And then once you get the property on the contract, you know, you have buyer, you have seller, you have a closing attorney, you have inspector, you have appraiser, loan officer, you got all these people, you know, in this transaction. And, you know, my approach has always been more of a team approach. Like, you know, even though, you know, I may represent one side and not the other, we're all trying to get to the same goal. So I commented like, hey, like we're, we're a team in this and we're going to work together to get this property to the finish line and close. So so that's one thing that I think, you know, uh, has helped me just kind of stay afloat of real estate is I just have this kind of kumbaya approach to it. You know, to hey, we're going to go into it. We're going to have fun. It's going to be a beautiful experience um, okay. versus it having all the anxiety and stress and all that type of stuff. Speaking of anxiety
0: and whatnot, I know you started off in Columbus, which, mm-hmm. you know, was kind of like home base for you in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Was it any anxiety going to like Atlanta where you just knew like, oh, man, I know I'm going to do my thing in Atlanta? Or was you kind of reserved like, man, I don't know if this is the right move? Was yeah. there like any hesitation?
1: Well, I actually like I lived in Atlanta from age, uh, I want to say 11 or 14. Okay. so, so me, yeah, me and my mom moved here for about three or four years. So I lived, you know, I moved here and moved to Decatur. Um, so at that point, you know, my, my mom you know, had a single mom and she essentially just let me just run the city. So she just give me money every day just to get on the marty train here. And I would just take the train all over the city. So that's how I learned Atlanta at a very early age. So when I came, you already back, knew the
0: opportunity was there.
1: I, yeah. So I knew the city so once the, the market collapsed, you know, I had the office in Cincinnati, you know, everything essentially kind of dried up. Um, so I essentially, you know, I, you know, I let the lease expire, um, everything in real estate kind of froze. So again, I just thought like, okay, what's the next move? So as I'm looking at the market, I saw that Atlanta was just heavy in foreclosure. So I'm thinking like, there has to be opportunity there. So again, I just packed me, you know, myself, my two daughters up and we relocated to Atlanta. And I got down here and I was still kind of working business between Cincinnati and Atlanta. And I would say by month three, I was fully engulfed in Atlanta real estate. Um, I think by month three of being here, I had an account with Fannie Mae, with Bank of America and had 15 REO listings. So like that oh, was man. my introduction to Atlanta. And I did that for REOs for probably from 2010 to 2015, just solely just listing REO
3: properties. Zero. Uh, what, what, what's an REO, just in case, you know, our listeners don't recognize oh, that term.
1: I'm sorry. So it is a, a bank owned property or real estate owned property.
3: So it's okay. a property
1: that, that the bank essentially uh, repossesses, you know, once someone defaults on the loan.
3: OK.
1: Yeah. So essentially once they acquire, you know, acquire the property, essentially you had a share sale, um, they can you know, they would contact me, you know, with their address? You know, I would go out to the property, assess it, put
5: a price on it put it on the market. Is there reciprocity between Ohio and Georgia for real estate license? Uh,
1: there is reciprocity. so I was licensed in Ohio and, and Georgia has reciprocity. So Georgia allowed me to move my license, uh, to Georgia. Uh, and I just had to pay like $150 fee and then do like maybe 30 hours of continuing education, uh, within, uh, but it's not in reverse though. So if you're licensed in Georgia, Ohio won't give you a real estate license.
3: You actually have to take the Ohio test. Okay. Because um, we ain't I'm, playing around with y'all cats. Yeah. So, Honestly,
1: like, so, you know, so <laughs> for people I know in Ohio, I've always told them like, it you know, for 150 bucks, you can get a Georgia broker, li- a real estate license. You yeah, know what I mean? It's so, not a I bad mean, deal. That, yeah, it's not a bad deal. Particularly if you have people that you know that's relocating here for referrals, et cetera. Like, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a good, a good move.
5: What was your inroad to investors? You said you shifted from, you know, dealing with like your normal clients to investors only.
1: Mm-hmm. You said like, how, how did I get from the um, again, just really just getting out into the real estate market. Um, I think the one thing I did just from day one, you know, I would just go to just different like real estate events and, you know, in the community and just and just meet people. Um and there were four gentlemen in my real estate career, all just so happened to be Caucasian, all over 50 years old, who I just met just in real estate, who just took me under their wing and just taught me everything from A to Z about real estate. And these and these dudes didn't have to. Like they own blocks of Ohio State real estate. So you I mean you know Ohio State, like that's valuable real estate. Yeah, they yeah. own blocks of that. So to be able to have those guys as clients as mentors really kind of just gave me an insight how to get you know to, to the investor um and then from there again it was just really just getting out and again just communicating with people and just building relationships
2: that's tight man if, if i haven't told you shakhan I'm, I'm proud of you son you did good
3: <laughs> <laughs> now nah, you're my hey, son son hey Shakan. i heard it was people like doug that made you stop dealing with family <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh But not just some deals, though. We we did some deals together when I was doing mortgage. Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely did a deal together for sure.
3: Yeah. yeah. Hey, shout out to Doug, man. He was my first loan officer. Is that what it's called?
2: (laughs) Yeah.
3: L O first L O still owning that property to this day, so. Good. Shout yeah. out to yeah. the homie Sanchez. You know what I'm saying? Sanchez.
2: Yes. <laughs> hey, I yeah. got you in there. I think you I have like, I think you <laughs> have, like, a store, man. I got you in there. Yeah.
1: But I, what I will say though, I mean, as I mentioned, I think, I think Doug, and I talked about it. You know, if you guys are interested in, in you know, uh, real estate, you know, definitely one thing that I wish I'd have did earlier was like partner with, you know, again, some like-minded individuals. Right. Um, And that's what I'm doing. I got a group of guys who, we connected through Bible, through our Bible study group. Um, we meet every Tuesday. You know, we talk about, you know, we, uh, you know, eight black men, we talk about life, family, you know, over beer, you understand? Right. Like, you got, what you got,
2: right. what you got over there? What you got, what you got? Dang.
1: Just that We got the local Atlanta favorite, Sweetwater 420. You gotta give us a review, bro. Okay,
2: prepared, man.
1: Yeah, see, then I even got this. I haven't tried this one yet. Um, I'm, I'm a I'm a Stella guy. That that's my go-to.
2: Hey,
4: I like Stella. Oh, okay.
2: Man. Yeah. Yeah. That's my go-to. yeah. But yeah, again, I just really hey, I, I, I owe you some Stellas, don't I, from that game? Yeah,
4: yeah. You slipping, dog. Just go ahead, and cash out me that twenty, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give you a Stella, Stella
2: light. Yeah, yeah,
1: but, yeah. Like I said, I would say like, man, if you guys have an interest in doing real estate, man, partner up, man. Like you know, pull your funds together. It's better to do it together versus trying to approach it you know on an individual level. Um, and again, if you ever wanna you know reach out into Atlanta, like I'm constantly. You know, yeah, uh, we might we might need tomorrow, you. For
5: sure. Yeah. So for for investors, what's mm-hmm. the one thing? Because you said you've invested in real estate property as well. What's mm-hmm. the one thing you wish somebody had told you before you started investing?
1: Man, um leveraging other people's money more. Like, you know, particularly for in- investing, you know, if if you're starting out, like the hard money loan is a good introduction um to investing. Um higher interest rate, but it definitely allows you, you know, to use someone else's funds versus having to, you know, pull your own funds together. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's something I wish I would have used more uh, earlier in the game at this point. Now, you know, what me and my friends do is we just pull cash together. Um, And essentially, you know, either it's a short-term investment that we're going to get into that's like maybe, you know, two to three months or to be a long-term investment that may be two to three years. So we've done stuff that, you know, like fix and flip properties uh, or the same group, you know, acquired 13 townhomes uh, four years ago. And then we unloaded it this year for three point million million. So, yeah, I mean, so again, we, we get into a little bit of everything. As long as it's attractive, you know, people have the funds and you present the idea. And if they like it, they jump on board and you go with it. You know, and it's how, all about- How
3: of, do we get into that group?
1: <laughs> <laughs> wide open. And again, like, you know, it's seven of us, you know, and we do Zoom as well. So, you know, maybe at some point in time, you know, we can all hop on a call together, you know, and kind of just, you know, you know, you know, fuse our groups together. But, you know, absolutely. Like I said, again, for me, like, you know, as like I said, I applaud you guys for being at this level, you know, of your friendship, because that's what I was able to develop with these guys right here. And again, you know, having solid friends that you can trust and do business with as well, you know, at this level of life, you know, is a beautiful
2: thing. So. Um, yeah, I would yeah, definitely. I remember, I remember you, know, you sent out that um, mm-hmm. in another group text. You sent out yeah an Excel sheet where you had everything broken down because we were looking to do
5: something. So yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
5: So for the I investors out there, partner with your group, buddy. <laughs> Let's so go. for investors who are looking to get into that Atlanta market, um, mm-hmm. or maybe some of our listeners, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully, yeah. how do they get in contact with you? Like, what's your socials? Email yeah. website,
1: yeah. So, my Instagram is shakan.realestate. Um, and you, uh, my email is sdkceo at gmail.com. Um, and I'll repeat that sdkceo at gmail.com. And my phone number is 404 510 0780. My website is under construction, so I'll definitely shoot that to you guys once it's complete. But you can definitely reach me on my uh, Instagram, shakan.realestate.
5: Appreciate you, man. That's, uh, yeah. uh, 40, uh, that's 404 Little Dude. That's what's
1: 404
2: cool, <laughs> Big Dude. <laughs> hey, I thought this dude asked for your social security number. Like, how can we get your social security <laughs>
1: number?
2: <laughs> hey, come, man. It's, it's been a hey, Much pleasure, love, man. man. We
3: appreciate you coming on.
1: Hey,
0: I got uh, one more um, question yeah. for you, man. Yeah, um, I, I respect what you're doing. I appreciate you. Proud of what you're doing from afar, but. Uh, from your your social handles I, I've noticed and I can appreciate man your uh your love for plants man how do you I oh, can get into that man cuz you don't look like a novice man
1: Listen I, it, I, honestly I got into it about 3 years ago and you know me and my king. daughter was just Tiger yeah, King Yeah me and my daughter was just That's here to crib and um something just sparked it you know and I just kind of just got in my garden went to Lowe's to start buying stuff and before I knew it I accumulated like 60 plants um, yeah, it's dope man yeah and it really just kind of gave me something you know something else to love if that makes sense you know another yeah. place to kind of just put my love and energy to and the end result was that my daughter was watching me and now you know she's majoring um in horticulture at uc oh yeah. wow my love for plants you know transition you know it just went right to her so she's in cincinnati right now you know burning woods and all over cincinnati you know studying the woods and, and the plants and all that stuff so yeah, I love it, man. It's a beautiful thing.
4: You like plants more than you like your shoes? I know your shoe game was great. It's,
1: it's, it's it's equal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's pretty parallel, man. It's pretty
2: parallel. Aren't you hiring cats, man? Weren't you like a uh, a manager hiring cats over to that, that one shoe store? Where oh yeah, you
1: uh, just for feet I hired you. That's right. You work for me. Hey, hey, hey I'm I'm real, of fact, <laughs> two of my right, former employees right here. What you say? I said two of my former employees <laughs> is on yeah. the start.
5: Oh hey, man. For
2: you now, man, you was a trash. You was a trash. You was, you was trash, boss man. I I, I I left the birthday, man. One <laughs> hey,
4: of the best supervisors I've ever had, man. Come on, man. It was Kate? Oh well,
2: yeah. Was what, all, what
3: was uh, the name uh, of that spot? What was the name uh, of that spot? Just, just, feet? For feet? Just, just for feet. Just for feet. That's right. That's right.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was all the. You oh, man, gave man. me a little pocket change, man. You know, yeah, I, you know, know. I need.
1: <laughs> it. Hey man, you uh, used these six bucks an hour to work. You never um, went.
2: I never win. Nah, hey, nah, but check check my W two. I still got paid.
1: You know, to so. Shaq?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you made me choke a little bit on my beer, man.
1: Hey, but when you guys get a chance, man, you know Atlanta is a beer city. Like we got breweries crazy here. Hey, um, okay. and there's there, there's this um, group. Um, they have a it's called the Monday Night Brewing. So it was a group of guys just like yourself that just essentially, you know, kind of connected once a week on Mondays, had a love for beer, and now they got two breweries here in Atlanta. So That's the spot we went to in Nashville. Nashville. They just, might, I think I saw that. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it might
3: be. Just, yeah, yeah, we was we were just there. We was just there.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I think it started here in Atlanta, like the original location, but yes, it's, it's a beautiful I mean, spot, but we got
2: – Tap us in to, like, the next like beer fest or something like that, man. Yeah, go. we
1: had one. We had a beer and barbecue fest two weeks ago.
2: Oh, okay. oh sure did. yeah. Well, I'll, really
1: I'll keep you posted for sure.
2: Atlanta'll be a nice one, man. We'll we'll do
4: Yeah, that's easy trip right there.
1: I said it, I set it out for you. My crib is your
2: crib. I appreciate it. There it is.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: All right, man. Well, look, we're gonna we're gonna let you go again. All right. we, we thank you for uh, your time, mm-hmm. your expertise in the real estate game. Mm-hmm. And if we can help you with any beer selections, man, it's Ask us, man. Stop drinking that trash beer that you just showed us, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is premium over here, man.
2: That was, that was a cider, man. You got a cider you showed us. <laughs> hey,
1: actually, actually, your dean left this over here, so.
2: so oh, really? okay. Yeah, man. That's, That's it for us. Time. We're gonna go ahead and shut it down. Yeah, uh, yeah we, appreciate you
3: time, Shikhan, really we appreciate your time, man. man. Appreciate the education, man. Likewise, man.
1: Be
5: blessed. All right, brother. Gonna,
3: yeah, Shikhan, you can stay on. You're gonna right here. Like stocks episode 14 signing off 15 15 <laughs> damn I messed it up too peace love y'all
5: yeah. man love. If we ever from our heart
0: is presented by 100 Media Group. We encourage our listeners to drink responsibly. Please know we are not financial advisors. We do not offer or provide financial advice. Trademark copyrighted by 100 Media Group.